All right, all right. How you guys doing? Man, it's so good to be here. I am a big fan of this ministry. I really am a huge, huge fan. In fact, um, before this semester even started, um, like, I really wanted to preach at Emmaus. Like, you don't know how much I wanted to preach here um, at any campus. I was, like, desperate. I was like, God, any campus that would ask me, I'll come and preach. And, um, and I was waiting. I was waiting for a bit. Now, when the lineups got released at the beginning of the semester, I've been here now for almost two years. Um, and New Philly, one of the things I love and honor about this place is that we really grow our leaders from the inside of the house. We rarely take people from the outside. I'm one of the few examples that came from the outside. And uh, Pastor Christian, you know, we connected. I used to be in the States doing ministry, and he brought me over. And then I had to start from the bottom again. And before back in the States, I was, I used to, I was a worship pastor, and, and I also served as a director of prayer rooms and worship teams at a house of prayer called IHOP Eastern Gate. But when I came here, it was like, back to the bottom, you know, it's kind of like, prove yourself, like, you know, be like the intern in this church. And, and I was like, all right. So I just kind of served faithfully, doing whatever's asked of me. I, I now do media. I've never, ever done media before in my life. So hard for you guys. If, if you've seen some of the videos... It's on. I mean, media, I only have a two, three-year history with it. So Pastor Christian's like, do media. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> and so I come here, and, and, um, and like, you know, and I'm wanting to preach more. I feel like that's, that's something that I have a big passion for. And, and back to my story, I'm like, God, like, I love what God's doing. I love what you're doing here at Emmaus. Like, Lord, would you open up a door? And I'm, and I'm waiting. And it's like a year and a half now. I'm starting to um, get opportunities to preach at Friday Fire. And I'm like, all right, it's time. You know, Emmaus, all right, here we go. And I check the lineup at the beginning of the semester, and it's like, like, at all three sites, like, 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 I'm in none of them. And like, I was like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm entitled or anything like that. You know, it's just, you know, it's something that I try to communicate with, with, with PC. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you opportunities. And so, but I was like, all right, God, I guess you're humbling me even further. All right, I'll just... I'll just do the video thing and be in front of my laptop. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like three weeks ago, like someone gets sick or something. <laughs> That's when I get called up. Rona asked me, he's like, hey, Joel, could, would you be willing to preach at SNU? And I'm just like, oh, you know, like I thought you would never ask. And so two weeks ago, I was able to, I had the privilege of being able to share a word there. And then after I preached that one, like Eunice comes up to me. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, can you preach for a last large group? And I'm like, let me, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just like so super stoked and excited just to be here. I shared all of that just to kind of give you, kind of let you guys into my heart, know where I come from. And, and, um, and, and right now I do serve as a media pastor of the church, and it's just been a wild ride. It's been a wild joy. And um, a wild, every other adjective you can think of. But it's so good to be with you guys. And um, it's your last Emmaus meeting. That's crazy. Like, where has the time come by? You guys going to miss, miss Emmaus? How many of you guys going back home after this? Wow. Man. How many of you guys have been blessed by this ministry? Yeah, all right. <laughs> the staff are, like, watching you. Like, you, you, you better have been blessed. Or else James' song is going to, like, body slam you. Um, yeah, man, I just feel like there's an anointing over this ministry, really, over Emmaus. And I see it in every campus. I see it in all the students. Like, lives get transformed and changed. And I know that it's the heart of the staff for you guys to now take this home. Like, take what you've been inspired by and now go back home and release it and inspire other people. How many of you guys know that what you've received here, whoa, what you've received here, um, it's not just for you guys to just keep to yourself. Like, there's a reason God, God brought you to Korea. And I bet you, like, it wasn't... I bet perhaps the first thing in your mind when you planned to come and study here wasn't to meet with God. But God had other plans. He's like, I'm going to give you an education, but I'm going to give you another type of education. And I'm going to fill you up with the Spirit. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change the way you think. And I'm going to do that so that you can go back home and you can inspire other people. There's a ministry of inspiration God has entrusted to every, each and every one of you guys. How many of you know that? Turn to each other and say... You're called to inspire. And I, I, and I, say, I say that because 
When you think of Christians and when you think of your life, at least for me, when I look at my own life, sometimes the last thing I think about is inspiring. I mean, when I look at my life and I'm like, all right, um, I'm like 31, not married yet. I, they, they shoved me in this little office, up at, you know, in our, in our larger office, in this little cute, if you guys ever been to the office, like my, my multimedia office, it looks like an insane asylum. Like everywhere you see color, but then when you go into my office, it's like white walls everywhere. And, and it's like the size of the stage. There's no decorations, and, just, and people throw a lot of junk in my office. But it's okay, I'm not complaining. You know, it's, it's part of character development. But when I look at my life, I mean, sometimes the last thing I think is, you know, inspiring. And perhaps you guys feel the same way. Like, you look at your life and you're like, man, there's nothing special about me. Man, what, what, could, what talent, what gifting do I have? Man, what, what, what's, so, what's so special about me? And I'm telling you, you know what, do you want to know what's special about you? I mean, how about that? The presence of the Almighty God is dwelling inside each and every one of you. Like, how about that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you? How about that the God who formed the mountains with his hands... The God who has the authority to tell the sea, you come this far and you don't go any further than that. The God who calls and speaks stars into existence. The God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Like that same spirit lives within you. How about that for inspiring? Like, have you, do you guys speak that over yourself in your quiet times? I look at your faces, it doesn't look like you guys do. <laughs> You're like, no, I just come before the Lord and, you know, and I just say, God, would you forgive me for this? <laughs> Let's be honest. A lot of times when we come before the Lord, it's like we just get into a mode of just repentance, like immediate repentance. Like, oh, I've got to repent, I've got to repent. And it's like you just look at yourself. You're like, I'm such a sinner. You're like, and God's like, this time it's not about you. It's about me. Like, will you look at me? Will you look at me? God's like, I am inside of you. Do you understand that? That the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that shifted and changed the universe, that made the universe, um, that power that glory is inside each and every one of you. And tonight's message, it's actually directed towards the creatives and the artists in this place. Man, I hope there's some artists here. Um, I was talking with Eunice, and she's like, yeah, we got some artists. I, I really got that word strong when I was praying about Korea University. I don't know why. Maybe because I, when I think of Korea University, I think of Johnny. And I think of him leading worship. And, and I'm like, you know, it seems like an artistic school. You guys look very artsy. I don't know. Are you guys artistic? Yeah. If not, you're doing a great job of like, you know, with that outfit and you know, just like pulling it off. Because I'm just like, you guys look pretty artsy to me, you know. Not that I have a great radar for that. But, um, but it's not just for the creative. My message is for the creatives and artists, but I also want to say it's not just for people like that too. It's for any believer. All believers, we have a calling to inspire. Because inside of us, we, we, we carry the presence of a God who is inspiring. Okay? You're called to do great things. You're called to inspire. And don't come to me and be like, you don't know me. You don't, I, I don't need to know you. I know God, and he made you. You know, God has put that power inside of you, and you are to reflect his glory. So you understand, you guys are beautiful, each and every one of you. Turn to each other and say, you're so beautiful. You're so inspiring. And so, so I'm just going to just, I'm going to speak a lot about practical stuff, to be honest. This, this message, what bothered me while I was writing it, is like, I don't usually preach messages like this, where it, it's, it's almost like a, a seminar, a creative seminar. Um, I like to preach messages that are gospel, like gospel-centered, and I'm, not that this is not gospel-centered, I mean, it is, but this, this, this is kind of uncomfortable for me, you know. Um, so please understand, as I'm preaching this, I hope that you get more than just practical tools, but I, I really do hope that as this message is, is flowing, that the Spirit of God speaks to every one of you, and that I hope that in your hearts, you guys throw away every excuse in your heart to say, I'm not inspiring, I'm not inspiring, I'm not inspiring, because that is the biggest lie, okay? Jesus says you are inspiring because you carry me inside of you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus' glory within you, and it's through Jesus, through Christ in you, that he will shine his light. And you will go back home and inspire other people. Yeah. So, with that said, let's, let's open up our Bibles. Uh, Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. I am going to read scripture. 
And I'm not just throwing it in. It's, it's good scripture. I'm sorry, how much, until what time, officially, when's the hour mark? What time is the hour mark? 8.30 is the hour mark. Okay, don't worry. It's not like, I might, I'm not going to go an hour, or I might. And there's nothing you can do to stop me, because I have the mic and you don't. All right, so if you guys are there, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, 5.13 to 16. Here we go. Follow along, buckle your seatbelts. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Jesus is saying, guys, first off, we've got to get this straight, that we are the salt of the earth. Like, we are the salt. That's a powerful statement. You may have heard messages preached so many times, but I just want to make it clear that I just hope that even as I say these words, there's a fresh new meaning injected into it. You're the salt of the earth. You know what that means? This means you've got flavor. Flavor. Sorry, that was awkward. Marcus, this is a shout out to you. I live with I live with um, with a black guy, and just being around him, I just feel cool. And I just I just feel like I, I start to talk like a black man around him. And um, so forgive me if I, if I if I if I just say things very awkwardly that sound black, even though. You know, I, I sound like a white man talking. <laughs> but anyways, Marcus, this goes out to you. We are the salt of the earth, and you've got flavor inside of you. So Jesus is saying that you are the salt of the earth. That means that the rest of the earth, you know, you, know what it, you know what it is to the Lord? The rest of the earth is bland. It's dull and bland. And Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. You're the stuff that makes the earth, like, palatable. You're the stuff that makes the earth, like, um, um, appeasable to me. Like I think of, I think of, you, you guys remember that story where Abraham, you know, he has this relationship with, with God, and he's called like a friend of God. And one time, one, and, and one time God comes up to him, and he's like, Abraham, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and Abraham's like, God, you can't do that, because my cousin Lot is in that city. You cannot destroy it, because he's my cousin. I mean, far be it from you, a righteous God, to destroy a city if there's 200 people inside of it. And God's like, all right, you know, you got a point. For the sake of the 200 people, I'm not going to destroy the city. And then Abraham keeps talking with him, and he, and he brings the number down to like 5 and 10. And, and God says, all right, 5 or 10 people, I won't destroy a city. And, and Lot's family is able to be saved that kind of way. And Abraham, I mean, it's, just, it's funny when I even just think about that story because like God, he's not like he's stupid, you know. It's not like he's like unaware what Abraham's trying to do. But God's like, okay. You know, I'll talk on your terms, all right? Barter me down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Like God, like he's, that's so cool about God. He wants friendship. And, and, he, and he's willing to kind of um, um, make himself lower so that he can meet our standards and he can um, meet our desires and our needs. Like God is an accommodating God. Anyways, that's besides the point. That's a bonus point. But, but like, I just, this, we're the salt of the earth. Like we, it's kind of like that story where, like, you know, those righteous guys, because of them, like the city, um, God was like, I'm not going to destroy it. Um, although he ends up, he does end up destroying it, although he, and he saves the family. But it's kind of like that. Like we're the salt of the earth. When God looks at the earth, I feel like not only does he love the world, but I feel like he loves everyone. He loves this earth. And, do you know, do you, and he loves especially his bride, you know, the bride of that, that's on the earth right now. Like that's, that's like the, the, the love of his the love of his life, uh, the love of his, uh, you know, that's just who he's in love with, okay? Um, and that's what we're called to be. And, man, but when I, when I think of the church, and especially when I think of the creativity of the church, 
I don't, I don't think like salty. I don't think flavor. I think copycat. <laughs> I think bland. I think um, really corny. You know, I think, I think every adjective besides like flavor, besides exciting. And now when, when I first became a Christian, this was back in, I mean, I, my dad was a pastor, so I kind of grew up a Christian. But, but when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I was, I was a junior in high school. And before I came to the Lord, and they took him more seriously in my life. I used to listen to music. I mean, I, you know, you know the kind of music I used to listen to. My first pop music. No, not emo. Who said emo? <laughs> I'm a happy guy. All right. It may not look like it on Sundays, but I'm a happy guy. I'm smiling inside my heart. I just have a serious face. Like my my angry face is the same face as my my my, my neutral face. It really is. I, I tested myself in the mirror, and I was just, like, appalled. And that's something I'm working on. That's something I'll talk about later in my message. But, um, but I did not listen to emo music. But when I first grew up, my first instance of listening to music was pop music, and it was Korean pop. Now, you, y'all, are, y'all are a little young, all right? So um, the pop music you listen to right now is not the pop music I listened to growing up. When I was growing up, I used to listen to a band called Soteji. Do you guys know what Soteji is? Some of you guys are like shaking your head. Well, if, if you're a fan of K-pop right now, you owe everything to Sateji. Sateji created the pop revolution. In fact, they were so influential in pop music that they can say that pop, Korean pop has two eras, before Sateji and after Sateji. They're like the Beatles pop music. Anyways, like they were like so cool, especially when you're like an elementary school kid because they, they were like the first group to like make rap and hip-hop popular in, in the Korean circle. Before that, it was like all traditional music. It's like, but like Sateji, like he, he, he introduced dancing, like really good dancing, dance style. And I still remember one of his songs. You guys know Nan Arayo? Nan Arayo, Ibam Hurik Hur, Umdaga Nanara Poroya, Handana, Kusashinun, Iuru, Jerunadu, Arsuga, Arsuga, Obseo, Sarang, Handan, Mamu, Texa, a check and a gym, Namogibora, Tubereva, Tibet, and that's when I just forget the rest of the line. Yo, I could rap, man. I could rap. How many of you guys saw the Easter performance last year? None of you guys did. Okay, I did a rap performance instead. But anyways, Soteji was like, man, I, I listened to that stuff, and I'm like, this is so cool. This is so cool. And then I realized the sad truth that K-pop, much more back then than now, it was a lot of ripping off of American music. <laughs> so I was like... And American music was a lot better than what I was listening to back in Sateji in, in and K-pop. And I was like, and then I got disillusioned. I'm like, you know what? I thought you guys were cool. But all you guys do is just rip off the American, you know, like American pop. So then I started listening to Z, um, Z100. Okay, that's a New York City thing. <laughs> in New York City, there's like this famous, um, famous radio station called Z100. And, and I'm sure, like, for your cities, some other station, like, I don't know, Z43 or I don't know, something. But there's a station, and it, would, and it would play, like, the latest pop songs, and I just fell in love with that. Like, that was when, like, I discovered American pop. That was my American pop stage. And back then, you know what groups were big? Backstreet Boys and Sync. You guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys weren't there when it first came out, all right? Like, these guys are old now. But back when, but when I was in middle school, that's when they first came out. They were the hottest thing. Like, they were, like, new kids on the block, like, the second coming, like, but much cooler. And I remember just singing their songs, and I'm like, man, their songs are so good, so good. And, and, and this is before, like, I really fell in love with the Lord. Like, I, I started to really bond with some of these songs, to be honest. I would, like, I would go to sleep at night listening to Z100 and listening to songs. And, like, these songs, like, minister to me. Like, there's a song called, um, Tell Me Why. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Okay. Okay, it's not a performance. It's not a performance. Okay. Sorry. Um, but let me tell you, like, this was my life before I knew Jesus, okay? Like, when, whenever I found out that my friends went to watch a movie and didn't ask me, I'd go to home. I, I'd, be, I'd be in bed. And uh, I would actually cry. I'd be like tearing. And I'd listen to the song. And I'd be like, that's right. Tell me why. <laughs> that only happened one time. I felt like such a loser afterwards. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Anyways, I was in this whole American pop stage. And, and back then, um, we didn't have iTunes. 
So the big thing back then were, were cassette tapes. You guys know what cassette tapes are? I'm like scared as I'm bringing things before you because I'm like, I don't know if you guys are going to relate. Is there going to be a disconnect? And, and these cassette tapes are these square. How many of you have seen this cassette tape? Okay, you know what it is. This is the last generation that I can speak to. <laughs> before like next year, I'm going to have to like bring a cassette tape. This is what it is. Look at it. Um, but back then, back then, do you know how we would make mixes? Well, what we would do is we put it in our little boom box, all right? And then we put it on the radio station. And then when, the, when our favorite song would come on, we get these empty cassette tapes, we put it as chord. And then and we'd, we'd be like, yeah, we're cool, we're cool. And then when the song would end, we'd stop record. And then if we want to have another song on the list, we'd wait until that sound came on. Then you put record, record. And you do that for like 12 songs, and so you have like a little mix on your cassette tape, which you put in your Walkman, and you just like walk around. You know? So that's the way we recorded. Have you, have you guys done that? Staff, you guys have done that? Okay. Eunice is old. <laughs> Your staff. So, um, so that was my American pop stage. And then I met Jesus, you know, and, and I rededicated my life to Christ. And I discovered um, that there was actually Christian music out there, which I didn't even know of. And that's when I actually picked up the guitar. And I just started learning how to play guitar and started leading worship for my youth group. And I remember one of the first Christian bands I've ever heard. It's called Delirious. Delirious. Man, this was like when the third album was out. It was their first studio album. I'm like, man, this stuff is awesome. It's awesome. And, and for a season, like Christian music was just like refreshing to me. I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. I mean, I don't want to listen to that pop worldly secular stuff anymore like you know i i am i am jesus i'm i'm his you know i'm gonna listen to his music and i just i was in a stage where i was just like i was like nothing nothing you know just put, put, put a wall between myself and anything of the world and um and i just listened to christian music all the time all the time and but then it came to a point where i was just like i i got this illusion again i'm like christian music and i'm looking at the bands that are getting released and i'm just like wait a minute, all we're doing as Christians, we're just copying, you know, the same groups that are in the secular group. And I'm like, and, and it's like a worse version. <laughs> it's not even like a better version. It's like a worse copycat version. So I remember I, I, was, um, I was listening to this. Uh, I, was, I was like, is there a hip-hop genre in Christian music? You know, have, have, we, have we evolved to that extent now we have hip-hop? And there was a band, there was a guy named... Um, Oh, man, I don't want to... Okay, I'll say it anyway. All right, he's, he's cool. I don't know if he's still around, but there was a guy back then named KJ52. And I was just like... And when I saw them, I... Like, she knows. Why'd you listen to that? I'm joking. I, I, I heard... I didn't even listen to his music, but I just heard, like, one track of his, and I just totally judged him on his appearance. And when I looked at him, he looked like, literally, like Eminem's twin. <laughs> but he was, like, supposedly Eminem's Christian twin. Like, he had the same, same shaped head. He was white. And he had the same voice. You know, he had that whiny rap voice. He had, that, he had all the same things. But, like, his music was obviously not nearly as good as Eminem's. So I was just like, and he wrote a song called Letter to Eminem as well. So I don't know if, like, he, he expected Eminem to, like, listen to that. But I, I had, there was guys like that. And then there was a band named Relying K that came out. And they were supposed to be, like, the Christian, um, by the way, before I say what I'm about to say, I want to say Elon K is my favorite band today. They've come a long way from where they, were, where they first were. But when they first came out, they were like the Christian answer to Blink-182. They were the Christian answer to like um, um, Green Day. They were like the Christian punk band. And, like, and when I saw that, I just, it just made me sick because I'm like, guys, can we, can we be a little original? Like, do we have to copy everything in the secular world? Like, can we be a little more original? And, and there's a lot of other bands like that. And... Because of all these bands and because of like all this like subpar dull music, the Christian music industry has really gotten a bad rap from like just the regular music industry because it just looked as like really bad knockoffs. Um, it's changed a bit to this day because we have all these bands like Switchfoot and Blind Case. They just they, they just they totally transformed and they're an amazing band now. But um, but um, but it's so obvious to unbelievers that when they see this, they're like, "This is so corny, guys! Like, are you serious?" But here's the thing: like, I just see the church trying to copy what's out in the world. But what I want to share with you guys today, what I want to impress upon you, is that we can't, like, guys, we shouldn't be trying to copy that, you know? Like, they're not the salt of the earth. Like, we are the salt of the earth. Like, we carry something unique. We carry something original. 
And as a church, one thing that we got to be careful of is that we can't get caught up into a, a survival instinct with what's going on in culture. We can't get caught up in trying to like, outlast culture and trying to survive against it. I mean, that's the wrong battle that we're fighting. I mean, I like the idea that we're trying to keep up with culture and be relevant to it. I think that's really cool, and I applaud that. But, but you know what? I, I, as I was preparing this message, it really hit me that I'm just sick of that. I mean, aren't you guys tired of that too? I'm, for you artists, I'm tired of always having to try to like, you know, copy what's out there, and, and I, I'm tired of that. It's not a competition, okay? We're not trying to compete, but what we should be trying to do is that we shouldn't try to be, we shouldn't be trying to keep up with, with culture, but I say culture should be trying to keep up with us because we've got the truth. We've got the creativity. We've got the flavor. We've got the salt. Like, we have what the world needs, and we, and, and, and we come, when you compare those two side by side, like, we have the truth on our side while they're, while they're going forth with just... Um, while pop culture, a lot of it is just lies being spread out, packaged in music, so that you know listeners listen to it and then just get affected by it. So, my point is, we can't get caught up in that, guys. We can't get caught up into just this copy war. But we got to understand, we got to recognize the authority that God's given us. We got to recognize, and we got to be secure in who we are—that we're salt. Yeah. We're salt. We're salt. And I can come up with a lot of examples where I see bands breaking through and just being really and just being really creative in their own right. But for example, but one example that just to illustrate this, then this is this is what's going this is what's happening nowadays. Like I, I really see that a, a wave of creativity is coming upon the Christian Christian music, so called, uncalled, um, um, especially in the charismatic expression. I see a lot of like indie artists coming up that are really attracting people and just like really because th- these guys are being genuine. These guys are being real. Have you guys heard of John Mark McMillan? People like him, they're not trying to copy other people. They're, they're ministering directly out of intimacy with the Lord, and their music is changing lives. Like, he wrote the song, um, How He Loves. Like, secular people listen to that, and they're like, man, this is really good stuff. And that's where God wants to take the church. He wants to take us from a place where we're not, like, looking over our shoulders or, or comparing ourselves to something else. But he's taking the church to a place where he wants us to look upon him and get the creativity from him. Like, that's the stuff that's going to change lives. That's, gonna, that's the stuff that's going to shift culture. And bring people what they need to hear, what they need to listen to. The dance crew. Um, when 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 uh, when I put up the video for the uh, the New Philly dance crew performance at the at the retreat, at the at the churchwide retreat, and um, I put it up on YouTube. I put it on Vimeo first, and then I found a way to put it up on YouTube and keep the song because YouTube they got these like crazy copyright software that detects like the slightest um, resemblance to songs that are out there. Um, but I found a way to kind of go around that. It's legal. But, but anyways, I, I, I put the song up, and then all of a sudden I get these comments from people. Like, I don't even know. And they're like, we know, we know the song by Drake, you know. We know the song by, um, by Usher. But um, what's that song? What's that song at 3 minutes and 14 seconds? And I was like, okay, what song is that? And it was like, you know what the song was? It was Sinking Deep. Like, I don't know. When you, I don't know about you guys, but when I listen to that song, it makes me want to cry. There's like an anointing over those keys. Singing deep. It's like it's, there's there's a power, there's there's an anointing in that that God wants to release. So all that to say, like we are the salt. There's something that you carry that's special, that's needed, that the world needs to hear. And we need to walk in that. Whether it's in music, whether it's in videography, whether it's any sort of artistic field. And for those of you who aren't even artists, you guys carry, it's a totally different tangent, but I feel like I'm just going to plug it in because this is one example where I feel like maybe I need to share with you guys. But even the way we live and we relate with each other, we're called to be different than how the world lives and, and walks. And one example that came to mind was preparing this message, and um, I'm sorry if this seems out of nowhere, but I'm sure this is going to minister to some of you guys. But Jesus says in the Bible that what reward is it to you if you just love your enemies? Like, aren't the tax collectors doing that? Like, isn't your Father in Heaven so much more pleased when you love your enemies? And I'm telling you, as I was reading that, as I was preparing this message, it just struck me. Because as I was, here, I, here am I trying to prepare a message to deliver to creatives and artists, but I just felt like in my own life, as I was, as I was just thinking and I was asking the Lord, okay, how can this apply to people who are not creatives and artists? I was like, Man, I don't, I, I mean, 
artistry aside, as a person in my character, I don't know how much different I am than other people in the world. There are people in the church that I'd rather not be around, to be honest. You know, they, they really push my buttons. There are people, there are people in the church where you know, I, I, I hold silly grudges against that I have to come before the Lord and forgive them time and time again. And you know what I'm talking about. I was just reading that and I just feel like, man, like, I'm called to be salt. I'm called to be different. You know, I can't follow what the world's doing because that stuff, any person, any human being would do. But if I'm filled with the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ is living within me, like, don't I have to be a testimony to that? Like, don't I have to um, be a little different because of that within me? And Jesus sees that and he honors that. And so, in little ways like that, whether you're an artist or not, as you're just a believer, we're called to be salt. We're called to be different in the ways that you act, in the ways you respond, in the ways you forgive, in the ways you love, in the ways you have patience, in the ways you have joy, even. Amen? So, so sorry if that seemed a little out of the blue. I just felt like I needed to preach a specific word for that, because I feel like maybe there's some of you guys in here who are just mean girls, you know? You're just like, you're like in your little circles, and God's like, Snap out of that, my beloved. <laughs> I, I want you. I want you to be different. You know, your friends on, on the other side of the cross, they, they may act like that, but on this side of the cross, you've got to be a little different. You've got you to gotta show and carry my glory. Amen. So my first point is know what you carry. You are the salt. You've got flavor. Know what you carry. And then it says in verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor the people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. My second point is stop hiding your light. Stop hiding your light. You are the light in this world, guys. It's kind of tied with my first point. You are the light in this world. How many of you guys wake up in the middle of the night and, and what's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the middle of the night? You reach for your cell phone, right? Because <laughs> you want to check your Facebook. <laughs> and see. Don't lie. I know you guys do that. I do that too sometimes. But the first thing you reach for is like you need light because it's just so dark and, and you need some direction and guidance. And, 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 what, and what this passage is saying that, guys, in the same way, you are that light to this world. Like you are that light. We live in a time, we live in a world of darkness, of confusion, and what people are looking for, they're looking for direction, they're looking for awareness, they need some light. And what does light do? It guides people, it gives, it, it gives a sense of the surroundings, and it leads people. And Jesus is saying, guys, you, the church, you are that light. You are that light, do you get it? Like, I mean, is that, is that coming across your minds? Like, that's who you are. And, and Jesus is saying, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Man, this is something I don't want to preach on because it's kind of a tough word. When I think about this, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus is saying, guys, it's not even about hiding. It's not even about like um, pretending you're not someone. It's like you're, you're, already, you're already someone by not pretending to be someone. You're already, you're already someone by hiding something. Like a city on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Like you're seen already. Like... But, but the question is, what is that city on that hill? Like what's, and, and when I think of city, I think of stronghold. Like what kind of stronghold is dominating your life right now? All right? Is it the stronghold of, of, of just loving Jesus, of, of his beauty, and just his character, his humility, his goodness, his patience? Or is it a different stronghold? Is it the stronghold of, of cowardice, of, of pride, of shame? And Jesus is saying here, guys, you're the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus is saying, guys, you can't hide what you are already. And, and he's saying in this passage, like, like, change, turn from that and become who I've called you to be. And I've called you to be the light of the world. Like the Lord is doing a work inside each and every one of you. He's, he's raising a stronghold of truth. He's raising a stronghold of beauty. He's, he's raising a stronghold of light and of creativity upon, upon the, the, the life of your hill. No, the hill of your life. That's what he's doing, and that's what he's calling for, calling you guys to be. Um, and it says, nor do people put a lamp beneath a bowl. My point here is stop hiding your light. A lot of you guys, you got, a lot of you guys are carrying stuff within you, like good stuff. A lot of you guys have dormant creativity, 
A lot of you guys don't even know, like, what you, you don't even know, like, what you carry, but God knows it, and God sees it. And you guys, some of you have, like, the faintest ideas of, like, what you can be in the Lord, but you're too scared to actually go into it, or you're too lazy. Yeah, that's a good word. Sometimes that, that, that's to me, like, sometimes I'm lazy and I don't want to do something. But there's stuff that's in you, and God's like, don't, don't hide the light, but let it shine. Um, man, the biggest issue of our day, it's this, is that we underestimate ourselves. We seriously, seriously underestimate ourselves. And, and Eunice has got it totally right. Like, we need to take ourselves seriously, amen? Because the paradox is that if we don't take ourselves seriously, it's like we're not taking God seriously. It's not about God anymore. I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it's totally about God. It's totally about God if you're not taking yourself seriously. That kind of shows that you just don't believe in a God. Like, you go through the motions, but inside, you don't really believe, like, there's a God. Because if, if you really believe in a God, and if you were friends with that God, like, I'm telling you, we would live our lives completely different. We would, we, would, we, would take, like, we would take ourselves so seriously because we know that there's a God in, our, in, in us that's, that wants out. And he wants to manifest, and he wants to, um, you guys get my point. Like, he wants to shine through you. And he, I just want to share a bit about how I got into videography. This is new for me, okay? This is relatively new. I've only gotten in about three years ago. And it started when I got involved with the House of Prayer um, in New Jersey, and I've shared that already, IHOP Eastern Gate. And it was just like a new house of prayer. Like, we didn't have much going for us. We had a church building, which was really cool. But um, our staff was small. And, and we were trying to do this internship where we get people together for like, like three months and then, and then throw them in the prayer room and then train them in, into how to live lifestyle of an intercessor. And then and while we're doing this internship, we're just like, you know what? Word of mouth isn't doing it. Facebook isn't doing it. We got to get this word out. We got to let people know that in New Jersey and New York City, that there's a house of prayer that's contending for 24-7 night and day worship. Like that's stuff that um, we, we need to promote this somehow. And I realized when I look at IHOP Kansas City, like they have these amazing promo videos. And I just had in my heart a desire to make a promo video for, for Eastern Gate. Um, did you say 830? 8.40. Okay. Dang, time flies. Okay. Anyways, so I, I, I definitely want to share the story, though. So I was just like, okay, God, um, Lord, I, as we were talking about this in the staff, all of a sudden, inspiration hits me. Boom, 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 boom. And I've never done videography before. Um, the most I've ever done was at retreats. I just hold camcorders and run around and just, you know, record. And then give the data, give the material to some other guy who would edit it. But I was usually on praise teams at retreats. But i never done videography. But I see this vision of, of people um, the, the, the different members that we have on staff all saying words of, of this long paragraph. And I, and, I, and I get this script in my head. Day and night, day and night, day and night, night and day, night and day, night and day. And it's just, it's just a script that I just feel God downloads to my heart. But I'm just like, okay, that's great. I had the idea. I had the inspiration. Now what am I going to, like, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know anything. I've never done videography. I don't know Jack. And I just, I do some cursory research on Google. I'm like, okay, you need to get these kind of cameras. And so I'm on eBay, and, um, and I'm just like looking at the cheapest prices for um, the Canon Rebel 2Ti, if you guys are familiar with cameras here. That's kind of like a cheap starting out camera for videography. I look at that, and I'm like, okay, I'm about to buy it. And then God says, stop. Let me provide it for you. Let me provide you a camera. Don't get that one. Trust me. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I, 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 I had the money, God, okay? I mean, I know I'm on support, I'm on support right now, and I'm raising, it's a support lifestyle, but I had the money, I can buy it. But God's like, no, you wait. And the following Sunday, two days later, at church, I meet a guy who's a worship leader who's interested in the house of prayer. He gets connected to me. I start talking with him, and then, and then he's like, that's great. I didn't know there was a house of prayer in New Jersey. Um, and I'm like, that's awesome that you didn't know, but now you know. So I was just like, let's get in touch. I'm writing his email down, and it's like, it starts with photo, D-Y-L. I'm like, snap, photo. I mean, it can't be coincidence that he has photo with his email. I mean, I mean, that's a weird email unless you have something to do with photography. And so I'm just like, hey, bro, like, are you a photographer? And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, okay, okay. Step into my office. No. I'm, I was just like, I was like, what kind of cameras do you have right now? And he was like, I have two um, Canon 5D Mark IIs. All right? Now, 
Right now, they're a little, they're getting more obsolete. But back in the day, those things were like the business. You know, they were, they were, they were it. You know, they had the flavor. You know, you got, you got two of these. Each one cost twenty five hundred dollars a piece, and it was like three times, four times more than the camera I want to get. And it's like I was like, <gasps> your, exactly your 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 expressions. I was like, man, I just, I just, I just met you right now. We don't have a relationship. But I've been praying to the Lord for a camera, and I mean, would you like? Would you even consider even a little bit just thinking about letting me borrow it? I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't mean borrow. I mean, just letting me have it for a certain period of time. No, it means borrowing. Okay, would you would you let me? Would you let? And I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to like connect with him and coax it, and he just stops me. He's like, he's like, he's like, I will gladly let you borrow it, and I'm like. And then that freaked me out. I was like, oh, snap. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. <laughs> I'm like, this is just too weird. Okay, let me pray about it. And he's the one telling me, hey, hey. You know, with God, there's no, there's no, um, what's that term? There's no, ah, you know, he's, he, he says something about like, you know, with God, there's no, um, no circumstances, no excuses, um, um, no coincidences. Man, I am losing my mind. Thank you very much. What's your name? Miranda. Miranda? You inspired me right now. Okay. <laughs> so with God, there's no coincidences. And I'm like, maybe in this one there is. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Let me pray about it. He's like, all right. I go back home. I pray about it. I talk to my director. My director says, that's from God. You go pursue it. And I'm like, you don't count because you're biased. You're the director of the ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me actually pray about it. And, and I pray about it. God gives me the green light. I go back to the guy. And I'm like, all right, that'd be great. Um, you can just let me have your Canon 5D Mark II. You know, I know what I'm talking about here. Um, and, and also, I, if I can get a, a, a 50 millimeter 1.4 lens, that'd be great with, with the camera. And I, I know that because I have a friend who does videography at the time for a church, and he had a 50 millimeter 1.4, and I knew that wasn't that expensive. So I was just like, man, could I, could I, could I just get a 1.4 lens? And he, and he responded back, I'm going to give you a 50 millimeter 1.2 lens. And I was like, 1.2? I wanted a 1.4. <laughs> Back then, I had no idea what lenses were good and what, and what wasn't. So I was like, you know what? He's at least giving me his Canon 5D Mark II. I'll take the 1.2, even though I wanted a 1.4. And then, those of you who are in photography, you're like laughing right now because you know what's about to come. I go back home. I research how to use a camera, like all the buttons and all the modes that you need to learn. I research lenses, and my jaws drop. Do you know how much that 1.2 was worth? It was worth... $1,500. That was a $1,500 lens. Professional L-series lens that people shoot movies with. Um, ER was shot one episode with that lens. <laughs> For those who know ER. It's, a, it's an American TV show. Uh, you got, yo, 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 no ER. So um, I'm just like, snap. And so in my hands, I had $5,000 worth of, of video equipment. And I'm like, oh. You know, like, this is, like, my first camera I've ever operated, so I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm like, and, and I'm just like, man, like, God is good. He's so faithful. Like, he provided something way beyond my expectations. And then I started shooting the film, and then I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was just like, hey, just stand over there and just look cool. <laughs> and they're like, okay, just say these lines. Oh, we got to do it again. Your face is a little blurry. And, and I would just kind of do it, do it, do it. Until finally, like, just at it, came at it. At the end of it, like, I had to put a music track to it. And I, in my mind, I, had, I was a musician, so I'm like, this is where I'm good. This is where I know, I know what to do. Like, I had a certain music element that I, I envisioned with it. Um, but as I was looking for music in, on the internet, none of it fit my description. And I was actually going to compose my own music to GarageBand. <laughs> so I had, like, kind of like, really like, epic. But it just didn't, it just sounded like crap. It didn't, it didn't work out. So I was just like, all right, I'll take one of these... Um, like with my program, they had like these stock sound files that you can just throw in, and it's just like free stock stuff. So um, I, I just kind of throw it in as a placeholder, and it was like the most epic piece of music I've ever heard. <laughs> and it was like the perfect background. Like it, the music like rose in intensity as the words did. It dropped in intensity as the words dropped. Like it was like so perfect, almost to the point where it felt like ridiculous. It felt like too dramatic. But I was like, you know what? I, my, my spirit stirred, you know? I'm like, ooh, it's, it's good. And so I send a rough copy of the, of the trailer to my director. And I'm like, I don't know what he's going to say. He's, this, is my, this is my first piece of art that I've made. You know, I'm getting a little insecure. And he responds in emails, 
I'm crying, dot, 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 dot. Enter. I'm like, okay. I hope it's a good crying. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then he, he writes another email. This is amazing. Dot, 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 dot. This is incredible. And he's like, we're going to show it at our Sunday service um, next week. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's just a rough draft. I got I to gotta work on it a bit more. And then finally, um, the Eastern Gate trailer was born. And actually, it was through that trailer that God, it, it was like our call to the nation. Like, so many people came to the base after watching that. Um, like, the leaders of Kansas City, they saw that. And, and, just, and it just rallied the house. I mean, it, it's kind of like what videos that, you know, like the re- church recap video that, that, uh, that we just released for the Philly. It, it rallies the house. It gets people excited about the cause that you're involved in. And so the entire house got so excited. When they showed it that Sunday, I wasn't there. But from what I heard, there was like a standing O at the end of the, at the, end of the thing because people were so moved and stirred by, by the art. And I'm telling you, I would not, if, if, if I wasn't placed in that situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done videography at all. It wouldn't have been my thing as it is kind of right now. But it was like something that, was light, that lay dormant in me that got called out. It was just an idea. It was a fancy that I had. I was more of a musician, but God called it out. Um, are we able to show it right now? Do you guys want to see it? Yeah. Uh, okay. It isn't like, it's, it's my first video, so it's not like super nice or anything like that, but just watch it. No, no, no. It's, the, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Can you have the lights? Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> it's really surreal to kind of share you guys this because it's actually a big part of my heart. And, um, you know, this was kind of like started a new chapter for me when I made this for Eastern Gate. So to be in Korea now showing it to you guys, it's kind of like, whoa, it's like two worlds coming together. But, um, but um, yeah, this was my first video that I made. And, um, and it all started from like that kind of, that kind of moment where, like, I could have backed away from making a video, but God just kind of marked me for that, and he gave me a vision, and I went through with it. And, um, and that, through that video, like, so many people were inspired. And that was actually just the beginning part of our promo video, which is, like, 10 minutes long, and it went into, like, different things. But um, I want to get a chance to just show you some videos that I made in the past as well, hoping that it would inspire you guys. But, uh, but finally, I want to just say my third point, all right, my third point. It says in verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Guys, it's not very hard to win people over. 
I mean, when I real, what I realize, and it's becoming more and more the core of my life and my mission, I feel like, on this earth, is that people just, it's simple what they want. They just want to be inspired. They just want to be inspired, guys. And, um, and they'll look anywhere for that. They'll look at the world. Um, they'll, look, they'll look in the gutters of life. They'll look everywhere and anywhere just to find inspiration. But the thing is, the last place most people will often look to is a church. Because I just feel like, honest, church really hasn't been too inspirational um, these days. I feel like when people think of the church, last thing they think about inspirational. They think about judgmental, hypocritical, narrow-minded, old-fashioned, um, stick up your butt. You know, they just think very, like, stiff and just not creative. And guys, my heart is, um, as, I, as I make videos, as I make these kind of things, like, I, I want to tear that idea of church down, you know? Like, when people see the stuff, like, I want, I want whatever I do in, in arts, like, my passion is to, is to make, do, get involved with projects, whether it's in videography or in producing music or in songs, that's edgy, you know, that grips people, that demands their attention. Like, make stuff that's gangster. Like, I honestly, like, a big part of me is that I'm very competitive. I'm super competitive. So when I see something, um, I'm just like, I can, I, can, I can do better than that, you know? I'm going on. Like, honestly, when I made this trailer, I looked at I Help Kansas City stuff, and I'm like, all right, that's okay, but we can do better. And, and, then, and we, made our own, I, we made our own thing. But my heart is like, I want just, I want to, like, make my voice known. Like, when people see my stuff, I want them to be like, oh, you know, I want them to be moved in their heart. I want them to be inspired. Like, that's, that's, that's what God's called me to do in my life. Not settle for just cheap and good stuff, but to inspire and to, um, to really communicate. Because I feel like these days, that's what communicates to people. It's the arts. Like, you guys have so much power in your hands, for those of you who are artists and, artists and creatives. Like, you have the ability to change lives. You have the ability to, to change people. You have the ability to, um, to speak words into people in which lectures or speeches cannot. Like, the way to the hearts, the way to hearts is the arts, quite literally. And, I, and I've become, I've, I've been realizing that all the more because people come up to me and they're like, man, I saw your video like 40 times. Like, I love it, you know? That slow-mo, you know? I, I love that stuff. And I know, like, they didn't listen to my sermons like 40 times. <laughs> they, they saw my videos. Like, it's, the, it's, the, it's that stuff that will change people. It's that stuff that inspires people. I've heard it said somewhere at a school of worship that it's not the politicians that change the world. It's the songwriters that change the world. It's the arts that go forward and, and arrest people. And God knows that because the Bible is full of the arts. The biggest book in the Bible is Psalms. Guess what Psalms is? It's a book of poetry. Like, the way God relates with us, he relates us with us through the arts. Even the, prop, the prophets. When he tells the prophets to send a message, he doesn't say just send them a word, but he's like, start off with a story. Or do a certain action. And then do a prophetic action and then explain that. Like when God teaches about sex in the Bible, he does it through a book of poetry. He does it through the arts. All right? God is, when Jesus, when Jesus teaches, he doesn't teach through lectures, but he teaches through parables. He tells stories. It's through the arts that we connect with people, and that's, and that's what we see all over in the Bible. But when I look at the church, I don't, I don't think of artistic when I look at the church. You know, I think of religious. I think of, like, that stuff is the devil. Get away from it. And I think what God's doing in our generation, he's bringing about an artistic renaissance in the church in every field, in dancing, like hip-hop dance. Like, people watch our videos, like, church shouldn't be like that. And, and they're like, how come you guys are dancing like that? And we're like, man, this is, this is freedom we have in Jesus Christ. And they get so blessed by that. In, in music, in videography, like the Lord is releasing a renaissance. And my call to you guys is, are you going to be a part of that? Are you going to stay on the side? Or are you going to engage in the arts that will change people's lives? Are you going to engage in the arts that are going to make a difference? Because right now the world is throwing stuff out. The world is throwing stuff out. But the greatest that the world will ever throw out is go home, get drunk, and get laid. <laughs> Like, that is an apex of morality in a lot of the songs, isn't it? Right? Like, that's the best they can offer. Go rebel against your parents because that's so cool. Go drive your car off a cliff because that's cool. All this stuff, and I'm telling you, like, that's just surface-level stuff, and that's, that stuff is inspiring people. Like, how much more do we have to offer? Because we, what we do, we connect people in the very essence, 
the longings of the heart, the longings that people were made and wired um, to have, this wiring they have for God. Like we, we affect that and we touch that. We, we, you know, we're able to like, we're able to, to grasp them at, at the meaning of who they are in a way that these, this, this stuff can. And that's what drives me when whatever I do. Like I want to be able to like speak to people's very souls with my art and go deep, so much more deeper than what we see in the world. Yeah. Yeah, man, hearts are powerful. It says when you're in Muslim countries, when you preach the gospel to a Muslim man in a radical Muslim country, he may kill you before you even finish. But, but they say this, when you're in a Muslim country, if you sing a song, they will listen. They will listen. It's through the arts. It's through the arts. It's through the arts that we win people. And then even when it comes to like evangelism, like, I used to be part of a campus crusade for Christ, and I used to do the four spiritual laws. So I'd go around to people and be like, hey, do you have some time? Can, can I just share these four spiritual laws with you? Some people would be like, sure. Some people would be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, snap. He's going he's gonna, to, like, attack me. I, I just get away. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to fall in love with a certain sort of evangelism these days that's not so awkward like that. Because I don't know, if I was you, if I was, if, if I was, being approached by people who are evangelizing, I just instantly put my wall up. I don't know about you. And I just like, get away. I automatically assume you're a cult. And I've been so targeted by these mother God people when I come out of Hop Jung Exit. They, they always get me. Maybe I need to smile a bit more, you know? Maybe, maybe it's my serious expression that they see and they're like, oh, he's an easy one. And one time I even walked alongside one and I was like, yeah, yeah, no thanks. I just walked past. And that was mean. Um, I actually wanted to do show some love, but just didn't, I, just, I just didn't have time. But, um, but, but instead of doing that, do you know what I, I love doing these days? Last summer, before we went to Japan, and we went to, uh, um, we, had this, we had this mission training. We had different things, that, assignments that we had to do for our Japan team. And me and David on were like, one assignment was for us to go busking in Yongdong. So I was like, snap, all right, let's go do it. And, um, and he played a guitar. He brought his guitar along. I had the jimbe. And like, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we didn't have that much time to practice, so we just brought a bunch of praise songs. And so, and, and David, you know, he's, the guy's bold. He'll just take out a guitar, and you know, he won't be, he'll just, Lord, you are good, and you're And he'll just, like, broadcast. He just starts singing. But even as we're taking out the guitar, people are like, they, they stop, and they get their cameras ready. Like, they're expecting something, you know? <laughs> like, we didn't have to come up to them and be like, hey, you know, hey, do you have some time? I mean, they, they, they get attracted to us. As I'm getting my jimbe ready, people are just stopping for a second. I'm just kind of watching. And so we're just singing these songs, and he's just singing his heart out and just playing guitar. And I don't think he necessarily sounds the best, but he's just going at his passion and his heart. I guess he sounds good enough because people are stopping. And some of them are taking the leaflets that we put in the guitar case open in front of us. Some of them are throwing money in it. I'm like, this is, this is really happening. Like, we're getting, people are giving us money. And on my jimbe, and I'm like, you know what? Like, if I'm playing jimbe, I'm not going to play like a wussy. Like, I'm going to be gangster. And it doesn't mean like I'm naturally, I'm, I'm, doesn't mean I'm good at Jinbei, but I'm just like, I'm going to play loud. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, dum, dum, and like in Yongdong, if you've been there, because these like tall buildings and these like little, you know, these aisles, like the sound reverberated. So it, you could hear the echoes of it. It's like, you know, and it's just like, it was powerful because people were like, is there a party going on here? And, and they would come and check it out. And we were doing like God of the City. We were doing all these songs that we just prepared on the spot. Like we didn't even practice for. And people were just like, man, all right, all right. And, 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 and we got like applause after our songs. And then after we were done, people would come up to us and be like, man, um, like, do you guys have like a, a site or anything? I want to promote you guys. <laughs> we're like, we're not even professionals. And you know? we just kind of came and did this. And some people were like, I don't even go to church, but, but man, thank you for what you did. It was really good. And some Christians came up to us and were like, please continue to do what you did. Like, we were inspiring every side, you know? They're like, they're like this is good stuff. Like, the arts has a way of drawing people in, yeah. in a way that words in just conversations are, are not able to. And that's, what, that's my heart. I want to see a church of the arts rise from New Philly. And just any church that you're part of. I want to see artistic revolution sweep the church. And I want to see the church start taking ownership of the arts once again. And inspiring people. Like, I want to see a church inspiring people. I want to see the church become crazy, like do crazy things. And that's what I like about Amaze, because you guys are crazy. You guys are local. Like, I've seen the videos you guys made in the past. It's like, who does that, you know? But there's, 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 there's something inspirational about that. 
Like one video, you guys said the staff did the Harlem Shake, and I was just like, the Harlem Shake? I, but it's just something so cool about that. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to close with this, okay? I'm going to close with this. Um, four things, four keys of inspiration, all right? <laughs> I'm going to be quick, all right? I need to get this out, all right? We may not have ministry time, but this is your ministry time right now. Let's just receive. Number one, and this, this, this is stuff that guides me and guides me in what I try to do. Bar none, inspiration is in the details. Inspiration is in the details. Honestly, it's always about the small details. Whatever field you're in, whether you're a singer, whether you're a writer, whether you are a dancer, whether you do videography, it's always about the details. It's a universal truth that applies to every area of your life. The details are what makes things excellent. Not the big things, but the small details. I mean, for the church recap video, do you guys notice that when I take footage of the films and put it on, no, you wouldn't notice it because you're not there. When, when I put it on, it, that's not the film that I get from the camera, but each, each clip that you see on church recap video, I go over the colors and I, make, and I make it look like a movie, each clip. We call that color grading. On top of color grading, do you know what I do? Um, I, uh, I do special effects, 3D words. I, and then on top of that, I throw in colors, ding, 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 ding. And, and, and on top of that, I coordinate the colors to the music, ding, 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 ding. And then on top of that, I, I, then and, and, and I, I throw in sound effects. And on top of that, I make sure that as I'm watching the film, like it's moving me. If there's some part that's not moving me, then I, I, I edit that. Like little details. Oh, it's a little bit too long here. Let me cut it off here. Oh, that's a little too short. Let me extend that here. A little bit detail by detail. Like it's in the details, and that applies to every area of your life. Like get that. And you've got to work hard for that. That doesn't come easy. There are times where you want to quit because you're, t you're too tired. But don't quit. Keep at it, keep at it, and in the end, you'll come up with something cool, something amazing. And there's so many times where I want to throw my laptop out the window because of what I'm doing. I'm just like, this is, this is good enough. But uh, second point, good never inspires, but great does. Okay? Good never inspires because what's so inspiring about good? But great inspires. And when I do, when I do stuff, I'm so tempted every time towards the end of the project because I'm just like, oh, I want to stop. This is good enough. They'll like it. And I'm just like, no, if I came this far then I'm not going to quit now. I'm going to see this to the end. And then it's so worth it when I hear people be like, hey, that video really blessed me. And, and I hear that from like a lot of people. Like That makes the hard work I put in worth it. Um, and again, it's not about being good. It's about being great, pursuing excellence. Because a lot of times, the enemy of great is just good. The enemy of great is just good. There's a great book called Good is the Enemy of Great by Jim Collins, and that's kind of where I get that from, but it's so true. If you want to pursue excellence, the, excellent, the enemy of excellence is just being good enough. And we don't want to be that as a church, but we want to always press the edge. Um, three, inspiration manifests through hard work. Hard work. All right? It takes a lot of work. And whatever you're doing, in whatever field of life that you're in, it's always about hard work. It's easy to have an idea, but it's another thing to execute the idea. And it's another thing to put it into action. It's hard work. Um, so don't be lazy, because us creatives, we can be so lazy. I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with laziness all the time. I have an idea, but I'm too lazy to, to actually go forward with it. Don't be lazy, but be diligent. And, and finally, number four, inspiration is often crazy. It's often crazy. So freedom to be crazy. Be foolish. Ask the what-if questions in everything that you do. I'm telling you, man, when, I was, when we were doing the church recap video... I'm like, what if we had a time lapse in the meeting? What if we had a time lapse in, like, like on the stage while people are worshiping? Like, who does that? I mean, who has a time lapse faced at the audience while worship is going on? Like, there's a big tripod in the middle of the stage. Like, I do that. And I was like, what if we did that? And like, you were like right in the middle of that time lapse too. Do you guys remember that footage in the church recap? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, and, and I was like, what if we put a time lapse and people are lining up to do the group picture? I'm like, like these what ifs, like freedom to be crazy. And like at the time, it seems so stupid and it's so annoying. But like at the end, it's like, wow, that was really cool. It made the difference in the video, you know. And actually, one thing I wanted to do that I was not able to do, maybe next year, is I want to get helicopters. I want to get these like these four helicopter blades. They're making these these days, and it's really, you know, I feel like that's where future DSLR cinematography is headed. And they, they're able to carry little hel little cameras, and you use remote control like like a like a like you know radio control them. Um, helicopter in, and you get to like play with things and these things fly you usually do it for aerial cinematography so you get some nice footage that you would only otherwise get with a helicopter 
But I was like, you know what I wanted, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to fly that indoors. <laughs> Over people's heads while they're worshiping. You know, and I mean, who does that? I mean, who cares if it falls on someone and it decapitates them? You know, I mean, like, let's just, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. You only live life once. Let's go for it. And just have it go around. Have it land on Pastor John's new Phil's head as he's worshiping. And just do a 360 and, and just, like, zoom in someone and then scare them and pull right back up. Let's, let's, let's just be crazy. Let's just be wild. Like, there's, there's nothing you can't do. Like, be, be free, you know? Stop thinking with the status quo. Like, things different. I'm telling you, it is my mission this year. I'm going to convince PC. We're going to get the, one of those helicopters. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's Baptism Sunday this Sunday, and I'm so bummed because I wish I had a – I'm doing the e video, and I hope – I wish we had a helicopter because that would be so cool. Because um, the scenery in Itaewon and the Itaewon campus, if you guys have been there, it's beautiful. And people are, like, on roofs. The feet are dangling. And it would be cool if I got a helicopter and just got, like, you know, and just got nice use. But – this year it won't happen, but next year I'm going to pray it happens. But inspiration is often crazy. Like freedom can be crazy, all right? It's a crazy stuff. That's good. Amen. So those are four keys of inspiration I just want to just impart upon you guys. Um, we're going to end right now. Let's stand.